Welcome to the Witches and Wine audio experience. everybody ciao on here and I know I'm looking like oh my brother-in-law he said that I look like a Korean tourist I don't want to put my feet up here but I was wearing socks with sandals and a fake Chanel purse <laughs> I got no shame in that game today's interview is actually an Instagram live that I did with Andrew from the hermit slam so a couple days ago I get this email from Andrew about his new course of place. So this course, it's not just about the actual spells and the rituals, it's also about a certain mindset, a magical mindset. Because he's talking about you don't have to like live out in some countryside or be by like tons and tons of like pristine nature to do magic of the land. You can be in a skyscraper in New York City. You can be in like some sort of like really rundown like post-Soviet looking like city, like anywhere in the world, yeah, you can be in nature, but all of this is nature and we're working with where you're at. I wanna know how the average person can just go out and start doing magic right away with the land. So Andrew and I, we go over why it's such a good idea to do local land magic, how to make it something that's more of a daily part of your life, how it supercharges your magic, and we even go through kind of like a meditation in the middle-ish end. So I hope you guys enjoy this video and make sure to check out the Hermit's Lamp. Hey guys, Chawan here. And this is the first time I'm doing an interview live. And I'm gonna be talking to Andrew from the Hermit's Lamp. And I'm so excited because we're gonna be talking about land spirits and doing magic with the land and I know that it's a very, uh, it's kind of like one of those things where people are just like, oh, magic is like pristine nature. And you know, you gotta go out into like some sort of wood or some sort of like pristine place. And it's like, a lot of us, we live in urban areas and I'm in an urban area. So I'm very curious to see what Andrew advises. So, okay, let me see. I'm gonna invite Andrew now. Okay, let's see if the technology works. Hey! Hello! Hello, hello. Thank you so much, Andrew, for joining me this morning. Oh, thank you for suggesting it. Yeah, so I received an email like a couple days ago from you, and you were talking about this new class that you're going to run. And I was like, bing, you know, it's talking about land spirits and stuff. Can you tell me a little bit about this class? So this course is it's called The Magic of Place. And, you know, it's really a class about connecting to where you live, right? You know, there's so much uh, emphasis, like especially now that we have like the internet and stuff, we're like, oh yeah, I can order this rare thing from this place and I can order this and that. And that's, yeah, exactly, all the Amazon stuff, right? And that's really cool and it's great. Um, but like, you know, we all live in a place and there are spirits there and there are plants there 
and there are energies there and there's the, the land itself and the place where you live. And all of those have the option to be worked with, you know, if we want to build a relationship, if we want to engage in the space where we live. So, you know, this course is like an eight week uh, online thing that takes people through processes of connecting with the land, connecting with the spirits, connecting with everything around you and learning how to build relationships and, uh, and build magical practices that come from that. Awesome. And I will definitely put a link down below, like after this live stream is over in case you guys want to check it out. And I want to immediately go straight into it because one of the things about this class is it's not just going to be a bunch of PDFs that you read and then you can like put it off. There's actually going to be like hands on accessible exercises you can do. So I'm going to go outside right now. Yeah. It's a beautiful day in yeah. New York City. Uh huh. Oh, it's also a beautiful way, day in here, Toronto. My... <laughs> check out my map pad. If you guys aren't Yang Gang yet, Andrew Yang, totally like my guy for the Democratic nomination. Um, yeah. So, okay. I am outside in New York City. Oh. And let's say that I'm a new witch. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, you know, I'm like so excited to start working with spirits of the land because I hear that's very powerful, accessible, local stuff. Um, now, mm -hmm. what do I do? Well, so one of the things that you need to start with is a sense of curiosity, right? There's so much emphasis on knowledge. And don't get me wrong, knowledge is great, right? I spent a lot of time studying all sorts of things. Um, you know, but the reality is, is that curiosity and being in that sort of bit of a beginner's type mind, that's where we're going to make those connections to things that we didn't expect, right? So what I would say is... Yeah. Start strolling down the street a bit or wherever you're going to go. Um, you know, try not to fall over while you're Instagramming. But, like, <laughs> look around. What's around you? What do you see? What cat? Um, Those things let's have see. stuff I, I mean, it's like you, a right? typical place in Queens, you know? It's some trees, lots of cars. Yeah. The subway is right behind me. Right. And yeah. I'm, I'm actually walking in the back laneway and alley by where my studio space is, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, actually, you just, uh, from what I remember, like your studio space, like guys, so the Hermit's Lamp is also like a, a tarot uh, reading, I think it's like a space, right? Like a tarot reading space. Yeah, it's um, it's in a cult shop. And yeah. I know that you just moved to a new space. How is it? Yeah. It's going fantastic. Oh, yeah. Nice. This, so I reopened my retail location separate from where I'm doing client work. Uh -huh. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's so nice because the, the studio space is so quiet, and so uh, chill and so easy to hang out and connect with people there. And oh, the uh, and then the store has its own life, which is loud and rambunctious and not quite as conducive to meditational stuff. Right. Would that also be considered like the spirit of the land like having the energy of like your studio versus like the energy of like the street versus the energy of your apartment yeah absolutely right all of these things contribute right mm -hmm. you know and there's lots of different sort of systems or ways of thinking about you know where are good places for stuff and where are good places to not do things mm. you know well let's talk about this tree right here so yeah 
there's like I don't know if you guys can see, but it's like it's not the most pristine of nature. There's trash, and yet something about this tree is really cool. Uh huh. And I'm like putting my hand on it. So like, let's say that I feel kind of drawn towards a tree or a plant or something. Like, what what do you suggest that I do? Like while I'm walking about. Well, so if you have experience with um, like specific spirits that you know that you've worked with, right? Mm -hmm. You might ask yourself, "Oh, is this is something somebody I know want to speak here?" Right? Mm -hmm. You know, I have uh, I have the spirit that I work with who um, shows up in different spaces, right? And they they uh, you know they show up. There's this really intense tree right by this church near my house. And they're, they're, I can go and speak to them there, right? I mean, I can speak, speak to them anywhere, but I can go and speak to them there. And then the other thing that's happened more recently is this spirit is really fond of uh, decomposing things. You know, mm. when I'm working with this spirit and it's like, what, you know, what do I need to do for this thing? It's like, well, go for a little walk in the woods and find a rotting stump and dig some of the rotting wood out. <laughs> we'll, we'll do this with it. Or, you know, I'd like some of this as part of this. Uh, charm you're going to make or whatever, right? And what happened is, um, so this laneway here, right, is uh, near my house. And in between those two buildings down the end there is uh, kind of gross, to be honest, right? There, there are lots of people who hang out in this laneway to drink or whatever. Um, there's an army of pigeons that are there. There's often a dead squirrel or uh, whatever that just sort of sit there and people, you know, like, you know, walk their dogs and all that jazz, right? And so, you know, I cut through it because it's a really good shortcut, but it's also kind of gross, right? <laughs> and one day I was walking through it and I just had this sort of overwhelming, overwhelming sense of affection for that space. And I was like, what is this? What, what am I feeling here? Because I'm just like, you know, it's not horrendous, but it's like, ah, it's, you wouldn't <laughs> want to hang out there, right? Right. And and what I realized then, I was like, oh, hey, you really like this space, don't you? And then the spirit was like, yes, yes, I really feel a kinship to this particular spot. Ah. And, then we, and then we had a little conversation about what I was and wasn't willing to do in terms of picking up stuff. You know, I'm like, there are limits to the grossness that I'm going to deal with, right? <laughs> Last week's dead pigeon is not coming home with us, you know? Um, I like but, this that your spirit or like spirits in general they're not all about like super like naturey nature like they also like places that we as you know human beings in this body we may find a little gross but maybe your spirits find them really intriguing and compelling yeah. so you have to listen to the spirits right, right. So how did you know that your spirit liked it like was it just a feeling yeah, I mean, you know, when you work with uh, a particular spirit for a period of time, you can tell what its energy feels like when it's around, right? You know, um, I mean, I've done a lot of work, so I can also like audib audibly hear spirits and so on. But, but really, it's just like, it's just the vibe. It's just the energy, right? It's like the, uh, you know, the smell of the house you grew up in or, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. Like there are these other cues that you can kind of pick up on, right? So, right. So yeah. when you talk about spirits, are you talking about any spirit? Let's say somebody works with a Morrigan or Hecate or maybe yeah. a, an ancestor spirit. It could be any spirit, right? It could be any spirit for sure. I mean, the thing about it is this. We, we, we have this sort of spectrum of what we think 
spirits want, right? And what tradition says spirits want. Um, and if we're working in a traditional way, we should just work in a traditional way. And that makes a ton of sense, right? Mm -hmm. You know, my Orisha practice is very, very traditional. Um, but if we're working with spirits in, you know, or other spirits, uh, like ancestors or, or, you know, the spirit that I work with, you know, technically it's a spirit of the forest, right? Mm -hmm. And definitely I go into the parks and, you know, Toronto has some pretty good parks and, you know, and when I go to the more real wilderness, if I leave the city, I often talk to it. Um, but like, what does that mean? It means trees, it means plants, it means nature. It's around us, you know? I mean, as we were strolling, I, you know, pick this flower, right? Oh. I bring back and leave for somebody. You know, at my at my studio where I have, you know, the, the altars that I have there. But it's also so it's the spirits in that sense that are that are maybe movable and follow us. But it's also that tree you found. Maybe it's the spirit of that tree. Maybe that tree has its own energy and it wants to work with you, right? Well definitely that tree has its own energy. <laughs> and this is where curiosity is really important, right? It's very uh easy you know and I, I know i fall into this at times and i definitely have done a ton of this at, at other in the past it's very easy to want to know everything right it's very easy to want to be like have all the knowledge but yeah. that curiosity about what's going on and what we find and what does it what are we going to do with it to me that leads to um deeper relationships deeper relationships with the lands uh, an expanded sort of magical repertoire. Mm. You know, I, I mm -hmm. was walking yesterday and there's a tree near my house, which I didn't actually know what kind of tree it was. Mm -hmm. uh, but I had seen these seed pods on it before. Um, but it overhangs the road. So almost every time I see them, they're all just destroyed, right? Because people have driven over them <laughs> and squirrels have eaten them and they're just, you know, kind of ruined, right? Mm -hmm. And Yesterday, for the first time, I uh, I found some intact ones, you know? And for the first time, I mean the first time in eight years, right? I walk past this tree all the time. And so I picked them up and I brought them home. And, uh, you know, I started trying to identify them. And I don't know what I'm going to do with them yet, right? It's a Kentucky coffee bean tree, um, you know? And I'm just going to keep them around. And I'm going to, like, leave them out and talk with them and feel about them and see if one of the you know is it the tree that wants to talk to me is it somebody else who wants to talk to me you know and it'd be easy enough for me to pull out my tarot cards or to go on google and do a real deep dive into what these are and you know make up my mind about stuff but to me that's not how we build relationships right you know yeah. like if we're going to build a relationship with a person We've got to spend some time with that person. We've got to talk to that person. We've got to right. you know, be in that person's presence. And I think that the magic works the same way, or it can work the same way. Yeah. Right. Like, okay, so I'm walking around, and yeah. just I just noticed, like, I'm not going to pick it up, <laughs> but I uh -huh. just noticed, you know, like, some feathers and stuff on the ground, and I'm just like, oh, yeah. that's kind of cool. So let's say that I see this feather, right? And I know a lot of people... They pick up a feather and they're like, it's a sign. Oh, my God. Uh -huh. You know? I mean, is it? Well, is it? How, how would we know? I, don't know. Right? I know? mean, how, well, how do we know? Like, I think a lot of this is also about discernment, right? Like, we want things yeah. to be meaningful, but we don't want to, like, go completely, like, 
have our brains spill out. So yeah. when we're working with the land, I think a lot of people, they feel almost like, am I just imagining things? Am I crazy? Like, how do I, I know that you said it's about a feel, it's about this vibe that you get, but let's say you're not at that point yet, mm -hmm. you know, like, how do you yeah. know? So I think that accepting that you don't know, mm -hmm. right? And accepting that you can't know necessarily right away what it means you know i uh i i've i've had that thought myself oh it's a sign um and kind of the place that i got to with that which i really think is super balanced for people is to have this idea that like well if this is meaningful i will i will know what that meaning is at some point in a way that i completely cannot deny it right you know, and it's great to have an experience. Mm -hmm. And, but like, you know, like feathers. I walk down this laneway where there are often like 50 pigeons. There's always yeah. feathers there, right? <laughs> There's so never many a shortage of feathers, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that can't really always mean something, right? Yeah. And so it's a question of like, what do you do with them? I often pick up feathers. I, I have a big collection of them. I boiled up some herbs that I had uh, that I had found uh, around and made uh, something to cleanse somebody with. Mm. And I used the feathers as a, like an aspergillus to sort of dip them in the water and then flick oh, okay. them over people, you know? Mm. So we don't have to necessarily assume that we know what the implementation of it is because that might come to us later, right? And if there's a meaning, that might come to us later too, right? But if you're noticing them, and especially if you're continuously noticing them, then it's a, a place to sort of stay engaged, think about it, you know, to be open to what might be going on and to allow that to reveal itself over time, you know? Right. So, so far, what I'm hearing is that, first of all, if there's a spirit you work with, it could be an ancestral spirit, um, it could be a, a spirit like Hecate or, or anything like that. Um, any spirit you work with, like, ask them, is there a place outside maybe, or maybe even like a room in your apartment is, you know, you want to meet there, you want to chill there. Yeah, exactly. And then right? if you get that vibe, you go out. Let's say I'm just like, okay, I get the feel, I get the vibe that there's this tree that my eye keeps going towards. Yeah. But it also could be maybe there's like, like you said, there's an alleyway yeah. filled with like, you know, urban debris that yep. they want to hang out in. So it doesn't really matter if it's nature or if it's like cement and concrete. Yeah, or it could be a beautiful garden, you know? A beautiful garden. I mean, you know, I live uh, I live right near uh, Allen Gardens in Toronto, which is this beautiful uh, old greenhouse and parts of the landscape there are just stunning and well manicured and, and gorgeous and inside is stunning, you know? And there are times where, you know, you might seek to look for that that sort of artificial beauty your spirit might be like no 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 we're, we're, where's gorgeous around here i want to be i want luxury i want you know <laughs> you might find the spirit was like you know what we should go to the spa let's go to the spa and do a thing right <laughs> you know i think that i think that we don't want to we don't want to limit what's possible yeah you know and i think that especially if we're talking about ancestors right mm -hmm. you know i think that many things could happen right and it's great to have a, you know, a solid home base spot where you work with them. You know, I mean, I have an ancestral setup at my house and at the, and at the uh, studio space. 
but having places where you can go and talk to them in other contexts is also great, you know? Yeah. I'm, I, I like that idea because a lot of people, they see magic in a very, I think, static way. Like, you yep. know, there's like that one place, that altar, that that's the only place where you meet the spirit. And yep. it has to be set up a specific way. And it has to be in this, like, almost like perfect place. And what you're suggesting yeah. is actually just go outside your apartment or inside a certain room in your apartment. It doesn't matter. Like the spirits yeah. will meet you there. Yeah. You know, and I think too, like, you know, it, because we're, because we're exposed to everything together, you know, on the internet these days. Right. You know, like I have, you know, I've, I've had this sort of push pull with astrology for a while. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, I studied it. I used to do charts for people. Um, I sort of stepped away from it because I wanted to focus more on card reading and other stuff. Um, but you know, in terms of in terms of my Lakumi religious practice, there's no astrology; it doesn't exist there. We don't pay attention to that. And as I started working more and more with land spirits and, and other kinds of energies, I started looking at these things like planetary hours and what's Mercury doing right now. And just being like, well, that's that's cool if I'm going to work with those specific things. Right. But if I'm going to work with something else, yeah. I don't even necessarily have to pay attention to any of that, right? You know? And it's like those things are all optional mm -hmm. if the energies that you're working on, working with are uh, able to or willing to work in without them, right? And so, I mean, I pay attention to the moon some. Um but I don't really pay attention to anything else. And in fact, over the summer, I basically stopped following and reading all the astrology that was going on. Cause I was like, none of my spirits care about that. So I'm going to, I'm going to step away from that for a period of time and see, see if I miss it or not. And, you know, so far I don't miss it. You know, it's, it, it had come to feel like an extraneous piece of my practice, you know? Oh, that is such an interesting point that you bring up because a lot of people, they, they do the astrology thing because the, the entire like as above, so below, but oftentimes it's based upon like a more ceremonial magic, right? It's a much more like, yeah. uh, what if the spirits you work with, they're much more earth-based? What if yeah. they're, yeah, and if they're more earth-based, then it makes more sense to, to follow maybe the rhythms of the earth nature rather than what's going up in the stars not that it's not important but you know like i don't know about you but just because i don't know my astrology doesn't mean that my day's completely ruined you know like my life still keeps going on on this earth yeah right you just you do what you need to do in relationship to what's going on right mm. and you know and i think that yeah you know and it's not to diss astrology because that's great and people who who are into it and who benefit from it wonderful and i've I've been that person for periods of time, right? Mm -hmm. But I think that there's a sort of emphasis, such an emphasis on knowledge that comes from, uh, you know, a particular spectrum of, of history. Um, and it's like, well, it's great. But also, you could do other things, right? So if you are somebody who works with more Earth-based spirits, mm, mm -hmm. okay, so... You've mentioned like, you know, like asking them, you know, isn't that amazing? You can actually ask your spirits like, hey, what do you want? And listen yeah. to their answers. What sort of yeah. exercises can we also do? And maybe you'll teach it in your class 
things that we can do to sort of like really hone in on, you know, like really working with the spirits and what they say and the land and everything. Yeah. So, you know, the, the course is going to have some uh, pre-recorded meditations that people can listen to and work on as mm -hmm. part of it. And, you know, really, you know, Crowley talks about it in um, his book, Yoga for Yahoos, right? He's like, the secret is to just sit down, shut up, and get out, right? <laughs> and I'm like, well, what does that really mean? You know, and for me, it means we need to, we need to sort of, you know, be still or be somewhere. We need to um, not get run over by cars across the street here. Um, <laughs> we need to, uh, you know, you know, try and calm our minds some, right? And for mm -hmm. some people, meditation is stellar for that. For some people, a more walking practice, you know, is great too, right? And and then we need to sort of get out of our way and, and be present with whatever happens, right? And so one of the things that I think is going to be um, really helpful, which we can sort of, uh, you know, consider here for a minute anyway, um, I'm just going to find a spot where I can stand where I'm not going to get hit by a car if somebody comes by. <laughs> you know, Ooh, city but living, like, love it. It's so dangerous. City living, right? Yeah, people are <laughs> people don't pay attention. They just expect you to move, right? Um, but you know, if, if you find a spot where you can sort of just stand still, or if you're listening and just sort of sit, right? You know, the idea of just turning our attention inwards, right? Just sort of allowing our gaze to soften and sort of. Uh, pull back from looking at the world around us, you know, and I've actually picked a spot here where, like, what I'm looking at is not much, right? Yeah. Help, you know, and to just sort of sit here and breathe and just to sort of reach down, you know, to feel like our consciousness can slide down, you know, mm -hmm. through our feet, through the concrete or whatever you're standing on top of. And at some point there, below that, you know, you'll find the earth, the dirt, mm. the ground, the soil and rocks under our feet, right? Right. And to just find, breathe with it, to just uh, sit and be present with it, to allow sort of the stuff that's around you to dissipate so you're not listening to the cars and other things. And then to sort of Breathe that energy back up once you feel that connection, right? To just sort of slowly and as comfortably as possible, just breathe that energy and connection back up into your body, back up into your energy. And what we're doing here is we're not grounding in the sense that people might think of this kind of exercise. We're connecting, right? Mm. We're, we're opening up to what comes. So we're not trying to shut everything down in this connection and close our energy. But instead, we're breathing this energy of the earth back up into us. We're connecting to it. We're reaching down with, you know, some high-fangled lightning cord. That we're going to plug into the, the earth and make that connection with so that we can draw that up into us, right? And we'll go through a more specific practice around doing that. But the idea is that if we start from that place, then we're going to... Uh, be connected to the land and it's going to make <laughs> my allergies bad um, no it's going to make us uh, more open and more connected right we have that 
different kind of consciousness that we're connected to. And once we find it, we can uh, continue to move around with it, carry it with us. And that's going to inform that dialogue and that sense of awareness. And it's going to help uh, provide those trees and other energies with uh, more space to uh, more energy to speak to us, right? It's going to, it's going to act as an introduction. You know, the earth itself can introduce us to these things and we can find, you know, what we want to work with and who we can stand up for. Right. Yeah. So interesting because what you're talking about, I used to do a lot when I was doing chakra meditations like that. Yeah. Root chakra, uh, the one that's right at the base of your spine and you're like, Ideally, you're sitting like on the ground and you imagine that just going deep, deep into the earth. Yeah. And you say that it's not about grounding. It's actually pulling up the energy of the earth. So like if we do this meditation a lot um, and your course is eight weeks. So if we do this meditation a lot, how will that affect our magic practice? So the thing the thing that people are always surprised about when I go for walks with them is what what i find right mm. and you know like back in back in the summer i was in los angeles and i went down to the ocean um to go offer some prayers to yamaya and to just be by the ocean because it's gorgeous and i had had the fire in the spring and all of the hag stones those those sort of stones with a natural hole through the middle of them um, that I had had were all lost in the fire, right? And I sort of had it in my mind that maybe I would find something while I was there. And I wasn't even on the beach for like two minutes before I started finding them. And I started finding them not not by rummaging, not by like sifting through stuff, but just I would just walk along and then I'd look down and there it would be. And I would walk along a bit further and I'd look down and there it would be. And then there was this beautiful shell that I found and this piece of coral. And when we're connected in this kind of way, and when we're open in this kind of way as we meander through our life, mm -hmm. then all of these things, they'll get our attention in a different way, right? The, the earth and the spirits and the spirits of the place where we are, they will, you know, as I referred to finding these pods, they'll give us gifts, right? They're like, hey, here you go. You might want this. You know, just like a friend showing up with a, a croissant or, you know, something that they saw that we thought we would like. And when we're living in that kind of way, then magic itself becomes easy, right? You know, like magic becomes like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to, you know, I did this uh, goetic working for a client not too long ago. And, you know, I sort of moved away from all the super formal stuff that I used to do in my past. And I was like thinking about it. And as I was walking along, I saw this giant sunflower leaf on this plant. And I was like, Oh yeah, I'm going to take one of these and I'm going to use that as the containment of the energy into the scrying stone. And, you know, there's no circle, no triangle, no fancy, this, that, whatever, you know, I just used the leaf and talked to the plant and talked to some of the other energies that I was working with. And then called in what I wanted, you know, what the person wanted to work with so they could get what they wanted. And it becomes very different, right? It all becomes relational. And 
you know, even even in winter, you know, where a lot of stuff is sort of, um, you know, backed away, there's lots of stuff that's around still, you know, lots of green evergreens and stuff that lives through the winter, or even stuff that has um, stuff that has sort of gone to gone to the winter, right? Like sort of lost its um, its its life. You know, I was doing this work for somebody that required um, them finding the fortitude or receiving the fortitude to kind of overcome uh, the, all these obstacles that they are facing in launching their project. And I found this poplar tree where one branch, all the leaves were still stuck onto. Everything else was empty in the middle of winter. But this one branch had these leaves on it, right? And so I was like, oh, there you go. Those... Those fellows are ten tenacious, right? And so I picked them, uh, you know, and brought them home and did some work with them and stuff. And so there, there's always stuff around, right? And that's, to me, that's the thing, you know, if people are like, like go back to the Hagstones, all these people posted, how did you find them? How did you find so many? How did you whatever? And I'm like, you know, it's not as simple as I just use my eyes. It's because the land wanted me to have them because the ocean wanted me to have them, right? Because because I'm able to connect to those places, they they will share their mysteries and their their treasures more readily with me because of those relationships. And that's that's not because I'm, you know, super special in a particular way, but it's just about that relationship, right? And I think we could all build that, have that, experience that, you know, and this meditation that we just talked about the idea of in this course that's that's really what it's about is building those kinds of things and then you end up being like me where you have a shelf full of stuff that has come into your life from wandering around and then when you need to work magic something there or one of your spirits or whatever will say oh yeah, yeah you know what like i i fully expect in in uh, a couple of months or at some point somebody's gonna say to me you know, I was talking to this person about Kentucky coffee beans and this kind of magic with them. And I'll be like, oh, that's awesome. I have a bunch on my shelf. You know, I don't know what that is, but, you know, but the stuff will come, right? Because we are connected and prepared and, you know, we have that stuff in our, in our life, right? Sold. <laughs> so, <laughs> so let's try this. Maybe like people who are watching this, um, this is going to be, this is Instagram live, but also I'm going to like, put this up on YouTube so people are gonna be watching this in the future so okay yeah. let's try this so if you're watching this why don't you I don't know like why don't you get up and you don't technically have to leave your apartment but let's just say whatever it could be maybe you're at your office building who cares just like mm -hmm. go somewhere right just like I don't know do you suggest standing up sitting down what do you think I think that uh, you know being comfortable right yeah. Where, where, whichever way is going to be comfortable, you know. I, I am the, uh, the most practical-minded of magicians at this point. <laughs> I'm like, is it comfortable to sit down? Will you be undisturbed where you are? You know. Okay. That's it. That's a great spot. You know. Now I'm you know? thinking. Like, yeah, yeah, like I'm thinking that maybe if we're trying to connect to the earth, simply because I'm sometimes my imagination isn't that great, and so I just yeah. need to be as close to the earth as possible. For sure. So, yeah. So maybe like if you can go outside and, you know, you have your feet, if not on actual soil, you're like yep. 
you know, instead of being in a skyscraper, you're like down at least by street level. And For sure. know, like New York City, there's like, you think that you're on like soil, but actually there's like a subway system underneath, which goes like hundreds and hundreds of meters below us. So it's like yeah. not technically like the earth earth, but that that's not a big deal, right? No, exactly. And, you know, I mean, it's like my front garden, you know, there's a parking garage under my building and I have a beautiful front garden. And, you know, when I connect to the earth there, I don't really worry about the parking garage necessarily. I'm like, eh, there's dirt under my feet. It's good. It's going to connect. Good right? enough. Good enough. Good enough. Yeah. Okay. So I am by a light post. Okay. Looking across at a, it's like a soccer field. And a street. Oh, look at that view, right? That's like Manhattan yeah. across the river right there. So, okay. So that's like what I'm dealing with right now. But I'm like, by just like on a regular street. So, okay. So I'm standing here. I'm by the light post. Now what do I do? All right. So just take a minute and just settle your body, right? You know, stop, you know, you're looking at your camera. Stop looking at your camera as such, right? And just allow your attention to drift, right? Allow your uh, awareness of the specific things around you to sort of diminish, right? Pull your attention inwards and just allow everything else to be a wall of color, a wall of sound. And feel your feet. Feel your feet and the weights and the weight of your body on them. Feel that there's something below that. The earth. Right? The soil. Whatever's below you that connects eventually all the way to the center of the earth. And breathe that energy in. Just Even if you don't visualize, because many people are not visual meditators that's fine just say to yourself i breathe the energy up from the ground all the way up to my consciousness and then just when you exhale just relax and then breathe in say i breathe that energy all the way up to my consciousness and just keep repeating that as you feel more and more connected as you feel sensations in your body maybe as you feel an expanding of your consciousness maybe everybody has their own way of experiencing it. and just you know do this like 10 times and then ask yourself what is what does the earth have to say to me what does the earth uh want to communicate to me? what does this place want to communicate to me at this time and instead of judging that thought or uh, trying to like manufacture it just allow it to be whatever it is if it's nothing if it's peacefulness if there's something more explicit allow it to be whatever it is and at this point we're starting to make energetic shifts and that's where it begins right I have to say, while I was doing it, I mean, there were kids screaming behind me in the soccer field. Sure were. Um, but <laughs> but at the same time, like, I mean, kids screaming in a soccer field, is that annoying? Yeah, but at the same time, it didn't feel especially annoying. 
because yep. I think it just seemed like just like oh, just part of nature. It's just part of like the sounds yeah. that are part of the environment. Right. And I noticed that like instantly, like I just felt. What was very interesting was that I instantly felt like really focused. Like it's strange. So I was relaxed, but I was focused, and my eye immediately went to this leaf. Let me pick it up. It's just on the sidewalk randomly. Yeah. And like it has, you know, it's like kind of bent, but it has this like nice little angle here. Yeah. And just, you know, and I'm not somebody who's like very open to psychic stuff. You know, actually, I'm not at all. Like, I always joke that I can go into a haunted house. Everybody else will see a ghost, but I won't. Sure. But, you know, when I saw it, I instantly had this feeling and this idea and almost like this um, Cohen maybe. Uh, that yeah. went through my mind about like angles and life not being straight and sharp edges, you know. Yeah. And so I was just like, okay, I'm not exactly sure what the land is trying to tell me. But at the same time, like, you know, in America right now, there's an impeachment inquiry going on. Yeah. Um, politics is like complete. It's like a, it's a clown bill right here, right? It's like a circus. Yeah. And there's something about this bent almost like it's paper leaf mm -hmm. with angles and it's just i don't know something yeah. about yeah. it like it seems to reflect back to me like what's going on on this earth in this world right now so maybe i was expecting something like really like light and fluffy and like really like sweet but instead i'm getting a little bit more of like an in-your-face message yeah right and you know so i would say you know a bring that leaf home with you right well, leave it somewhere to think with, right? Connect with it, see what else emerges. And then the other thing that might right, is, let's see if I can show this on the video. So I was sitting across from uh, Perry, and I noticed that the um, the berries are just starting to come in. This is the first time I've noticed them this season, Whoa. right? Uh -huh. And then as I was came over to look at it, I don't know if that shows up on the camera. I don't think it does. There's a beautiful spider web right here. Wow. Okay. And when I walked over, and I didn't touch it, but the spider came out and, uh, you know, hung out in the middle of its web. And in fact, there's a... Uh... Thing. Oh, can you hear me now? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you get a thing like you did, and it has an immediate resonance. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it leads you to another thing, right? Mm -hmm. And so the juniperi bush itself is no, you know, I mean, it's beautiful that they're in season. I'll definitely pick some. I have one in my backyard. You know, it's that's great. Um, but the spider webs are interesting to me, and the abundance of them there. And, you know, that's something that I'm going to think about. And, you know, maybe maybe I will collect some and put that aside as part of my stuff as well so that I have, you know, spiderweb in a little jar at some point and, you know, that kind of stuff too, right? So it becomes this process where there's the message in your case, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes there's just, it's more like an arrow, right? So it's mm -hmm. like, hey, go look at this. Keep going that way. Hey, go look over here. And it becomes this process, you know, and there are ways in which 
many of the, you know, the animals that live in the area can function like that too, right? I often will uh, see birds and then kind of follow them as best I can until they kind of stop somewhere. If they're kind of jumping from tree to tree and things. Um, and, you know, there's, so there's this openness that takes us from one place to another and allows us to, um, you know, connect and learn and have these dialogues. So it can be, you know, as yours started, you know, really straight to the point um, or to the crease or the fold, as, it, as the case may be, to the sharp edge. Um, but it can also be very sort of uh, open and organic and meandering, you know. And I think that all of those things have have options, you know. And as I'm walking around now, on the one hand, it's not super surprising that there's tons of spider webs because spiders do very well at the end of the season. Um, but I'm seeing them everywhere now, right? And so I'm going to need to sort of sit and think about what that is. Is that a message? Is it something I need as a material for my work? Is it both, right? Because things can hold more than one meaning. Right. You know what? Um, this Now I'm starting to see, like, why a course like this or doing magic... Uh, with the land is important. It's not so much that you're going to be teaching specific spells, right? It's not like you're going to be like, oh, this is, you know, like a specific spell, step one, two, three, and four. This is almost like yeah. building a more magical self, like magical mindset, so that when you do whatever spells you're going to do, it just flows easier. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. The exercises are definitely going to be like, do one, two, three, four, but they're not exercises around here's a spell for love, right? Here's a spell for this. There are exercises for finding out about those kinds of things, prosperity, uh, spirits, ancestors, love magic, whatever, from the land and from the plants and spirits that are where you are so that you can then, uh, you know, build and explore new ways of working for yourself that are, you know, geographically local, that are connected to those spirits that are directly with you or where you are. Can you are. explain more about that? Because I think a lot of people, myself included, we're not super connected to nature. Like I could be living in any city in the world and I'm not, I'm kind of indifferent in a lot of ways to nature. Sure. Why is it so important to connect to local nature, especially if you're just not very drawn to it? Well, so if you are a uh, jet setter who's in a new country every week, well, maybe you don't care, right? Mm -hmm. But if you, if you want to have a practice where you have um, accessible places to go and work on stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, I, you know, because, because of the nature of my business, right, I often mm -hmm. need to do cleansings to remove the collective energy that people have brought mm. to working with me, right? Right. Um, you know, and maybe and for other people, maybe it's a hard time that's like that, where there's lots of challenge. Maybe there's just lots of contention in a family or at a workplace. So we can find ourselves sometimes in these spaces where there's some kind of negative vibes around us, right? It doesn't even need to be negative magic, just negative energy, right? Right. And so there are lots of ways we can try and work on that, right? Um, but like for me, during that time, when I was at the old location, it was a very specific tree that the ancestors uh, said they would work with me through. And they, one of the things that they told me was whatever I needed something removed from me, right, that I would clean myself with um, 
branch of a tree or whatever, and this tree had a big hollow in it, mm. and I would just put that into the hollow, and they would take it away, right? Mm. And so when we have that kind of thing, it's a lot like having access to um, tools in a really ready-made, easy way that don't require our energy to make it happen, right? Mm. Because, you know, I mean, sage, sage cleans people, sure, right? If you're going to, you know, uh, smudge yourself with, with sage or other herbs or whatever, those things have a cleansing power, right? Mm -hmm. um, but they also, to a certain extent, if stuff is really sticky, rely on us and our prayers or our energy and are, are sort of ramping that up to making stuff happen, right? That's why being cleansed by somebody else can be so much more efficient because their energy isn't caught in that stickiness and they can add and multiply what's going on, right? Right. Um, but when we're talking about stuff like this, we don't need our energy at all, right? We can just be like, oh, yeah, you're the, you, you guys will do this here. So I can just go down and grab a branch off a cedar tree and brush myself off and put it inside this this hole in the tree and I'm done and I haven't done any of it other than the manual act of doing the things they've done all the work right mm. and so these kinds of places when we find connections to them they can provide us with access to tools or access to energy or ways of working that don't require our actual energy work elaborate systems or processes, you know, uh, a private temple room in our house, you know, like all these kinds of things, you know, I mean, I've had all those things at different times and they're, they're great and they're interesting. And if you're into those things, that's awesome. Um, but maybe I'm just getting lazy as I'm older, but I'm like, Hey, Hey dude, can you, can you do this thing for me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Done. Perfect. It's so much nicer, you know? I never really considered it that way that, you know what, that makes perfect sense because we make medicine out of things from nature. So, and yeah. medicine, it doesn't matter if you put your own energy into it. If you have a headache and you take an aspirin, the aspirin right. works on you. So it kind of, okay, I can definitely see that, you know, like it, the land around you, it has, I guess you can call it like the, the most um, primal form of that medicine there for you a primal yeah. form of the tool yeah okay mm -hmm. and but i mean but okay then my mind is just like so all right like i go out and i'm going to i have this leaf right here right yeah and i'm going to now take it and and then do what think about well, it and that's it so then it gets into a question of like at that point, it starts to deviate from sort of a clear set plan, right? Mm -hmm. What are you going to do with that leaf? Well, I don't actually know, okay? You're going to take it home because I think you should take it home, right? You're going to leave it somewhere um, where you're going to see it. And you're going to not even necessarily like sit and meditate on it in an active way, but just let it be in your, your field of awareness for a period of time, right? And in a week or maybe a bit longer, or maybe a month, you'd be like, you know what, I'm done with this leaf. Thanks, leaf, I'm, I, I'm good, right? Mm. Or you're gonna be like, oh, you know what? I actually need something that's about creating these sharp edges. Mm. And so I'm gonna use this leaf to create a sharp edge in this situation, 
and maybe you'll draw a sigil on it or maybe you'll burn a candle with it or maybe you'll make a, a, a powder out of it or put it under a candle you know like many things right but it in and of itself contains both the energy of whatever leaf that is whatever plant it is the intersection or the area where you found it the um the circumstances where you came about it maybe something was going on there and you'd be like oh you know what when i when i picked up that leaf there were kids screaming there were a lot of screaming and i in this other situation feels like screaming and i want to work on that right so it becomes a question of uh being open to that dialogue and seeing if it's a thing that we want to do something with right and so you know i have you know dozens of feathers at the at my lab space right and some of those i know exactly where they came from uh some of them i would just assume they came from the laneway um and some of them i don't know where they came from but they're all there i can use them all whenever i need right and if some if i need something really specific it's going to kind of ping with my attention to sort of say oh yeah yeah you know what you need you need uh you need a swan feather dude you need like that powerful graceful strong energy so i've got like six of them i'll just go find the one that wants to be used for the thing because when we're when we're working with it we don't need to know what it's going to be it's much like uh stocking the spices in our kitchen cupboard right we don't know that we're going to necessarily want to make a particular pasta dish or uh you know it's like oh you know what maybe i'm going to make like five spice meatball you know soup that i like to make cuz the weather's gotten cold but it sure is great to have it there when you go there right right okay so that becomes that intersection too of sort of um it's about the outside but it's also about having pieces of that outside come into your life and into your house as well hmm. this is actually turning out to be a much more practical a set of tools and a way of thinking that I actually initially expected. I thought it was going to be, you know, sort of like that new age hippie girl sort of like I love mother earth and I'm just going to walk on it and stuff. But now you're saying stuff that I really resonate with, which is, you know, the earth is is a bountiful collection of tools. Yeah. And also it's a place where we can energize ourselves. It's a place where we can um find a meaning almost like you know what the more that i do magic the more i realize that you know like in english class you would like analyze like great stories and be like oh in great gatsby when they describe daisy you know she was almost like an actual daisy right what does that mean and i'm just yeah. like oh my god magic is like that you're using metaphors in writing in great literature but life is one big metaphor too and then i can totally see how if you see life as almost like this wonderful book then it's easy to write your spells right you're spelling out your intentions in that book so um so the basic way it's going to work is uh uh there'll be a group for every people to talk and support stuff there's uh an eight week uh series of uh email lessons that you'll get they'll outline exercises and so on there'll be recordings of uh the meditations because a lot of people find it much easier to um listen you know than to sort of read it and try and uh 
you know, do the meditation that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but they'll be provided as text as well. And the idea is we're going to start with uh, connecting to the land. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to connect to different places. And we're going to explore uh, a mix of, like, ancestors and sort of different kinds of ideas. So, like, one of the lessons will be about, like, all right, what is what in your area and your, your world is about prosperity right now? What in your world is about, you know, what your neighborhood is about, uh, you know, energies to do with love and so on. And so the exercises will float through a variety of sort of magical or, you know, life-focused topics mm-hmm. that, you know, will kind of cover the ideas, much like the big questions people bring to a tarot reading and so on. We'll kind of cover those really common, uh, you know, ideas and so on. And we'll talk about how do you connect with spirits that you already work with in those places uh, and so on. So, yeah. And there'll also be a couple... Yeah, can you tell the viewers, like, where they can find more information about this class? What website? So, if you go to thehermitslamp.com, which is my website, and you... uh, there's a, an image for it right on the homepage, or you can go to the events page and find that. And there's a description and all the registration. And there, there are payment plans and stuff if people want to break it up a little bit to make it easier. Yeah, all that stuff is right there. Cool. Well, I'm excited to see what this angular leaf has to do with the entire, like, impeachment thing that's going on or what magic uh-huh. I can do with this later on. And I, right? you know what? I would have never considered... I would have never considered like actually picking it up and taking it home and actually considering what sort of magic because there is some magic that I can do that needs angular thinking and angular sort of energy. So it right. never would have occurred to me until we had this talk today. So that is really cool. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for joining me today and talking about land magic and earth magic. Oh, thank you for asking. It's been delightful. Yay. Well, guys, make sure you check out the class. It's on, if you go to the Hermit's Lamp and you go through the navigation and stuff and find the class, you find the information there. And I will talk to everybody later. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to the Witches and Wine audio experience. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting me on Patreon. You can choose between a few membership tiers. They're super affordable and flexible. Your membership helps me continue making videos, podcasts, articles, lots of different things about all the sweet witchy stuff. Links are in the show notes. Also, don't forget to go on iTunes and give this a five-star rating. Each five-star rating helps rank this podcast higher in searches so that as many witches can find and enjoy these episodes as well. Until next time, this is Chawan, signing off.